Uh, today's mid-card man is Biggs. I'm having some sort of, I don't know, minor withdrawals, and I'm actually thinking of watching the NBA now. And I wouldn't recommend that. You could A guy can come back from a lot of things. I know if we miss college basketball. Don't don't go there. Don't go there yet. You can't come back from that. Maybe I'll just watch Keeping Up the Kardashians instead. It's basically the same thing. Basically the same thing, yeah. Watch some soap, throw in some basketball at the same time. Okay. But there's actually a lot of stuff going on with the fluidity of college basketball these days, Big. So we'll get into that right after this. So, Biggs, we came up with an idea. Um, we're just going to test this out for this show and then maybe do this going forward. But we're going to each give a winner and loser since the last time we recorded. We're actually give ourselves a little more time. We'll go since the end of college basketball season. We'll each pick a winner, a loser, and then talk about it extensively. Sure, yeah. The, ga- the games, there's no games anymore, so nobody's winning and losing on the court. But uh, as the hot stove season kind of comes about uh, with all this movement we're getting uh, here with the college basketball offseason, uh, there are going to be a lot of winners, a lot of losers, teams gaining transfers, teams losing transfers, guys going to the NBA draft, guys not going, uh, all that kind of stuff. So there should be a lot of a lot of good uh, juice for the offseason. Yeah. So without further ado, who's your big winner? Big winner. Okay. All right. In like the 10 days since the college basketball season has ended, my big winner, I'm going to go – there's a lot of great options here, Uh, teams hiring different coaches and gaining some really solid transfers. Uh, Alabama for getting its spring game televised by ESPN, probably a national championship preview, Alabama versus Alabama's JV team. Wrong sport. Oh, shoot. Okay. Uh, I am going to go same conference, though, Uh, a conference where football is actually becoming kind of an afterthought. Uh, The SEC basketball, Florida, the Florida Gators, they have had uh, in the last about – since, since the college basketball season ended, they have picked up, I believe, four high-quality transfers. Penn State guard Myron Jones. Okay. Uh, Kansas City guard Brandon McKissick, who okay. people are like, you know what, who cares? Uh, he was an all-conference guy. And they most recently just picked up Flandris Fleming. I have no idea who that is. Isn't that a great name, though? It's a great name. That's it's probably great alliteration. Flandris Fleming. It's terrific. Um, if we're going to make like an all-name team, he's got to be one of your starting wings, right? Yeah. Sure. Average like twenty a game, um, you know, for for uh, for his college team. <laughs> team for. I think it's South Carolina Upstate. I don't remember. Uh, but he's but he's one of the you know you you look at the the different transfer rankings and like he's he's way up there. He's a he's kind of a big uh, athletic guard. He's like 6'4", 200 pounds. Can shoot it, guard people. Uh, I think with him and and McKissick both, not only were they like the players of the year in their conferences. They're the defensive players of the year in their conferences. An award generally catered towards, uh, you know, your big rim-protecting, high-rebounding guys. Uh, no, not anymore. It's mm-hmm. it's the the in-your-junk guards who, who play defense. So that's an interesting pickup, a, a couple yeah. of interesting pickups for the Gators, my winner. Wait, so is the Gators your winner or the SEC your winner? The Gators. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Because, yeah, 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 like, yeah, they yeah. did lose – they lost a wing player, Locke. I can't think of his first – Noah Locke? Noah Locke. They did yeah. lose Noah Locke. Uh, Trey Mann's going to the NBA. That was uh, that was uh, expected. Um, yeah. But Locke's leaving. That's that's unfortunate. What about Castleton? They're post I think he's staying. Okay, so that'll help too. I think he's staying. And then Keontae Johnson's status is kind of up in the air. There's there's a chance that he comes back. Really? I do not think his career is over. I thought his basketball career was over. 
I don't I think the final nail is in the coffin. The grave okay. might be dug. The old bit is probably half over, but I think there's still hope that he can play. If he does, look out. Yeah. Mike White's not a great coach, but uh, that, that could be quite an outfit. Yeah. And so, yeah, with all those, you think uh, the what they're bringing in is obviously more than what they're losing then. Right. And they're always going to be a, tr- a factor in the transfer market. They pick up solid transfers pretty much every year. They're going to they're gonna get good recruits almost every year, too. Um, and, and they've got some good ones, so who knows? I mean, maybe they're probably in these in these appropriately timed top 25 preseason rankings. They're probably in, like, the fringe 15 to 25 range. I don't know. But, okay. you know, after the top, like, basically one last year, it was basically a mishmash, you know, big fat middle. Kind of the same thing every year, right? I mean, the team, mm-hmm. team rank number 40 on any given day can beat the team rank number 15. Right. Yep. Okay. Who's your winner? So I'm actually going with a similar theme. Okay. Um, a team that is, you know, very much on the trail of the transfer portal. Also has a new head coach. Um, they lost Shaka Smart. Shaka Smart bolted. Oof. Which you got to wonder, like, did they want that to happen? Maybe. Because they probably had. They're probably texting Chris Beard on the probably side. Probably okay with you it. Know, like, hey, like, we're thinking of you. Like, if He was like their side hoe and yeah. now he's elevated to the main yeah. hoe. And, and like the main hoe broke up with Texas, so then they, yeah, exactly. Okay, but now he actually gets to be the main hoe? Right, yes. From somebody who's managed a lot of side hoes and main hoes, like, I definitely understand what you're saying. Gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> Does, did your wife listen to this? Sometimes, yeah, okay. she hate listens. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly the audience we want. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Chris Beard comes over from uh, Texas Tech, um, and they've been hot on the trail of the transfer portal. They have guys like Devin Askew, you know, coming over from Kentucky, couldn't really find his role. And we talked about it with Johnny Juzang. Maybe it's just a change of scenery is all he needs. And just to know that he is the guy, you know, he's a former four, fringe four or five star recruit. Um, their point guard and couldn't really get a good role with Kentucky. He would have been a five star had he been in this year's class. He was supposed to be in this year's class okay. uh, coming from California. Uh, he played at, I believe, Notre Dame High School, which was in the which was in the California State title game, uh, the year COVID hit us, twenty twenty. Yeah, it was. See, it's so far in the rear yeah. that I don't even care. It's We're in a, North Dakota where it doesn't exist. Yeah, it's not a thing anymore. Um, he was a he was like a really high end recruit in that class, and he he grad tra- or he was a it's like a top twenty five guy, a legit five star kid, and he reclassified to twenty twenty um, to go to Kentucky. Similar to Juzang. Juzang was in the same boat where he was like a top 15 guy in his class of 2020, reclassified to 2019. And and generally those guys, unless it's like like RJ Barrett, who was like the number one kid in his class and moved up a class, the guys that are in that class behind, if you're not like one of the top five guys in that class or top 10 guys in that class and you reclassify, it's going to take a year. You know, yeah. like it, it's good experience for you, you know, for asking you look at you look at Devin Askew's freshman year from any lens other than that he's a five-star and you expect him to be awesome, it was a good season. There's a freshman guard who comes in. He doesn't shoot all that well, but he's he's starting. He's playing a lot of minutes. That's a positive. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as we've talked about so many times with some other freshmen, you look at them and you expect, well, we're not going to get to see the the upside because, well, he, he expects to be the man, and no matter how his season goes, he's leaving anyway. I guess that's happening here with Kentucky. They don't get to, they don't get to see the Askew struggle turn into something good. Uh, but I could see Texas realizing that mm-hmm. potential. Yeah. And then, you know, they also got some other guys. They got Timmy Allen, a good wing player. Um, they probably have some guys returning. It's tough, you know, with 
this season, especially this off season. But you know, got I think Andrew Jones has said he's coming back. Yes. Um, their other two sort of guards from a year ago, their starting guards, Matt Coleman and Courtney Ramey, they're sort of both up in the air as as far as if they're coming back. Um, they do lose guys like Greg Brown, Kai, Kai Jones. I do think Jericho Sims. You know, they're four guys coming back. Um, and then they also just added another transfer, Christian Bishop, who had a Ooh. final three of um, Texas, Kansas, and a third school I'm not allowed to say the name of um, <laughs> because Biggs just gave a new rule to me. But he did commit to um, commit to Texas after a different player committed, like the same position, committed to uh, the same school I'm not allowed to speak of. Other transfer stuff. Other dominoes yes, kind yes. of falling. And sure. so he basically, that basically got rid of that third team. And then decided to go to Texas, so that's another big pickup for them. Yeah, that's a that's a great pickup, and you're right. I mean, Timmy Allen's a, a really good player from Utah. He averaged like 17 a game for the last two years for the Utes. Uh, they fired their coach Larry Kraskoyak, although Timmy Allen might have left anyway. Who knows the, the way the transfer market's kind of moving? Um, but he's a solid piece, and you've seen Chris Beard. I mean, generally, it just feels like if guys have something to their game, if there's some upside to unlock, Chris Beard's one of the players we, we talked about last week. He's one of those co- one of the few coaches that you would trust. There's not many coaches, I guess, you'd trust more to unlock whatever upside a kid has than Chris mm-hmm. Beard. Yeah. Uh, and Timmy Allen has been on not a great Utah team. They're not like a dumpster fire, but they're not great, right? 500-ish, not a tournament team. He's a good player. And you got to think if you've got high-quality players around you, maybe life gets a little easier for Timmy Allen. Maybe his numbers go down, but maybe he becomes more efficient. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, he, and he's a high-end player. And then Bishop was uh, – you know, a, a starter for Creighton for the last two years and, and, a, and a solid player. He averaged like 11 points and seven rebounds. And I think his efficiency was through the roof. It was like 65%. He was one of the, I mean, he just dunks a lot, right? Because they, they run that spread offense and he just kind of a screen and rim run. Undersized, you know, he's 6'7", 220. He's not built like your typical five man, but um, high energy, really active kid who's going to be productive. Yeah. It's funny that you mentioned Christian Bishop. Because yeah. it's almost like you know, we're great at segues. We've got a we've got this yin and yang, right? We've got we've got our winners. Well, someone's winning. Someone else has to be losing. That's mm-hmm. the way sports goes, John. I don't know if you I don't know if you've noticed this. When a team wins, the team that they're playing loses. It's like that episode of Seinfeld where he he always comes out even. He like loses twenty bucks and then he comes twenty bucks in his pocket. If only that was the way gambling yeah. worked for me. I yeah. feel like I'm losing a lot, and before I can ever get to winning, I stop because I'm like I'd rather spend my money on food. But losers, uh, Christian Bishop leaving Creighton. Um, I helps think Creighton, Texas. Huh? Helps Texas. Helps Texas. You know what hurts, though, is Creighton. Yeah. Now, he was going to leave anyway, so I guess. But but that's not a player probably a year ago. You're thinking like, hey, Christian Bishop had a nice sophomore year for us. He's going to start as a junior. Probably not an NBA player. He's not going to leave early. He's going to stay here, and we're going to be awesome at Creighton. Mm-hmm. And, and he had a great junior year. You're thinking that we can build on this. Um Two months ago, Creighton was ranked in like the top 10, top 15, right? They're one of the best teams in the country, one of the best teams in the Big East. Looking at probably like a top four seed in the tournament. you got a great squad. Marcus Zagorowski's awesome, yada, yada, yada. Then the plantation comments come up, right? I forgot about that already. Big plantation stuff, yeah. Is that like, coming into this? Yes, I Got believe. It. I think it is. I, I, I really do. You're thinking, looking down the road, this is a weird thing that I like to do is when, when you have good teams. I always like to kind of look and see like halfway through the season with these teams, like who's, who's going to be back next year. Mm-hmm. You know, we've got like a way too early preseason top 25. 
We've got a we've got an appropriately timed preseason top twenty-five. We've got a way way too early preseason top twenty-five. I'm going Galaxy Brand, and I'm going way 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 far too early preseason top twenty-five for in who, my head for what year? Every year, I just do okay. this around the mid-season point. I'm trying to just kind of figure out, put it in the bank. So who's, 20, who's 2025, where are the Gophers going to be ranked? Oh, they're going to be the best team in the Summit League next year <laughs> with all the mid-major transfers they're That's picking true. up. They're going to be true. a terrific Division II yes, squad yes. Um, with all the two, two All-Americans they're adding. <laughs> um, but Creighton, you're thinking two months ago, you got Megar Zagorowski, who's, who's a solid player, but he's not having this blow-up year mm-hmm. that we kind of expected. He comes back for his senior year. Christian Bishop. Okay. He's having a good junior. He's, he's not a next-level prospect. Probably going to come back. We just added a couple of solid transfers in Antoine Jones and um, Alex O'Connell, who are coming off the bench. Mm-hmm. But they're, they're high upside. kind of. They were high-end recruits at one point. They just need a little playing time on this Creighton team. O'Connell never really played for them. He didn't, but they've got two really good wings that did. And you're thinking, okay, that's fine. We're hiding him right now. He's going to come in next year, and he's going to have a good year. And I wouldn't be surprised if that happens. They had a lot of good young pieces on their bench that – Typical college basketball teams like back in the day would, believe it or not, guys wouldn't transfer after their freshman year. They'd, they'd play a little bit off the bench, and then they would elevate into starters. Creighton kind of was looking like that kind of thing. They had a top 30 recruit signed, Ty Ty Washington out mm-hmm. of uh, Arizona. Um, so you're thinking, okay, Creighton's got a good squad. we got to stay on the plantation. Shit hits the fan. Yep. Creighton season. It's okay, right? They get to the Sweet 16. They have a nice. They have a nice team. Maybe not kind of realizing that the potential that they had. But you're thinking, okay, well, maybe got a good squad coming in next year. Fast forward, Marcus Zagorowski leaves. Mm-hmm. He's going to the NBA. Doubt he's going to really be a high pick. Might be a second round pick. Who knows? I'm guessing he's not coming back to Creighton. No. Christian Bishop transfers out, leaves to Texas. Ty yeah. Ty Washington, their top 30 recruit, decommits. Decommits. Now he is being hunted by Kentucky and Arizona and all of the brand programs. The reason he leaves, he doesn't want to be part of the plantation. Is that, did he literally say he that? He came out and commented on that. He okay. was the first one to officially comment on that. And you got to think, wow. is, is he the only one, though? If that's going around, I mean, that's that's going to that's going to be a bit of a black mark um, on on uh, on McDermott for, yeah, I think, for the near future, I think. That's going to hurt is them. He... He's probably coaching for his job this season if he makes it that far. Which is a shame because he's a really good coach. And, I mean, yeah. Creighton is not a basketball powerhouse. They've been a very good team. But that's gonna that, that might end up hurting him. I mean, it, it looks like it's it's already – I think it, it imp- it's impacted them in the last two months in a big way. And I think they're a loser because of what, what could have been versus what they're now looking at. Yeah. Boom, that's my loser. I like it. All yeah. right, I've given you a loser. Yes, my big loser here. Give me your loser. Have you seen – now, these are just proposed possible rule adjustments that they're talking about. Nothing's been approved. Who's they? they? The NCAA Rules Committee. Those are my official losers. I, I didn't mention that. The, the NCAA Rules, rules Committee. I, I don't know if it's, there is a Rules Committee. I'm just assuming that that's who came up with these rules. Is there anything more popular right now than ripping the NCAA for everything they do? No. I love it. Yeah, I know. It's like, so easy to just take a <laughs> flamethrower to the NCAA. So I'm just going to go down the list here. First okay. one I see. Not, this one I don't mind that too much. This actually happened a decent amount when I played pickup basketball. But whenever there's a force, like a held ball, like a jump ball situation, you just, instead of going off the possession arrow, you just award it to the defense. That I don't mind that much. I was really hoping when you said, when you, when you said there, this happens a lot when I play pickup basketball, 
I was really hoping you were going to go with the one where the ball is on the rim and I jump up and take it off the rim. <laughs> That's actually a great segue. And yeah, I don't mind okay. that one either, Biggs. The, but Euro, the Euro League one? Yeah, it's the FIBA. Like how <laughs> that one is um, like someone takes a jump shot, clanks off the rim, bounces off. If it's above, still above the rim, the defender can just knock it off. That it's not, and it's not goaltending. Yeah, and I'm the most unbiased for that rule because I, I I can never do that. Can how do you feel? You can do that. How do you feel about that? I used to be able to do that. Can <laughs> offensive players do it and it not be goaltending either? I assume I, I'm not. I would guess I'm so. Not a great like if, basketball rule. If mind. it hits off the rim and it's just slightly above, they could probably do like the putback dunk. I would get. I would assume so. Yeah. I'm, I love that rule. Yeah. Uh, it's not a thing in the NBA, and I know they they always kind of talk about wishing that was a thing because there is a lot more rim action at the NBA level than the college level. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, especially with, I mean, some of these teams that have, like, if a, if a college team runs zone or something or has one of these jumping jack kind of bigs, rather than maybe, like, always chasing blocks, they're like, hey, I'm just going to go steal it off the rim every time it, every time it bounces on the rim because you'll see that a lot. You know, mm-hmm. with these soft rims at the college level, some of these teams are all hit every inch of the rim and then roll in. Mm-hmm. I think if you've got, you know, Musa Cisse or something at Memphis, like the yeah. big kid who just wants to block everything, rather he's just like, hey, I'm going to take this thing right off the rim and just collect 22 rebounds. You know, and seven of them would have been goaltending last year. Mm-hmm. I'm here for it. Anything yeah. that can benefit, anything that can benefit defense. You're here for it. I'm an advocate of. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Defense is hard enough these days. And sorry, I want, I want, I want to see some defense once in a while. Um, I also want to see more swishes. So true, you know. Yeah, stop clanking stuff and just be better. Relying on rolling in, yeah. Hit a swish once in a while. Yeah, exactly. Make a swish shot. Um, one of the ones I don't, I don't say I hate it, but I don't understand it entirely. I think they could have went a different direction with this one, but right now, you know, with the foul situation, at seven fouls, it's you know bonus. Ten fouls, it's double bonus for each half. Yeah. So they're talking about resetting team fouls at the 10-minute mark. And then after each – so basically they're breaking up into four different sections. So at – and they want to do it to where at the fifth team foul of each of those sections, it's two free throws. So it's getting rid of the single bonus, which I don't really care. But but, just going straight to double? Yeah, going straight to double bonus, which means two free throws every single foul after the fifth one – or at the fifth one and after – why not just go to quarters then? That's what halfway through and you're talking about that, I'm just like, so they want quarters. Yeah, exactly. And the women's college basketball is ten minute quarters. Why not just go to quarters then? Yeah, that's been a long that's been a long standing kind of question is why why don't they just play quarters? Um they have T V timeouts at what, every every four minutes anyway, so why don't we cut cut down some of those T V timeouts and just get a big block of time in there where yeah. it's you know, second quarter, third quarter, fourth quarter, whatever. Um also, who does this benefit, I guess? Who, who does this benefit? Who does this hurt? I'm trying to figure out. I'm trying to suss this out, some of these fouls and stuff. I think it probably helps teams to just go immediately into double bonus because how many times do you see teams get the single bonus only to miss it? I mean, free throw shooting across college hoops yeah. is not So they're always, getting that second, they're always getting that second free throw. Then. You might be able to almost steal. So it benefits the winning team. The better free throw shooting team. Well, though the worst free throw shooting team it probably benefits because... They always get that second. One. You always get the second one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but what's the foul number that it automatically goes to? Is five, five basically every ten minutes. Which at that point, say if the clock, say if there's, you go through that ten minute time frame, right? Does it automatically and, just? But like, say if you're at five fouls and you foul someone with nine forty five, and that's like the first dead dead ball whistle yeah. after 
It's a possession. What, what, what foul did, what section does that go into? Does that go foul that six the, or is that foul one of the new section? I don't know. Boy, that's asking a lot of refs too. Who, yeah. Uh, as we've seen, are not real smart. stupid. Yeah. I don't know. So are, are you saying that's like, you like that thing? You like this or you don't? Because I, I, I just, said they're a loser, but I'm not sure because I think you said you like this. I don't know why they just don't do quarters. Yeah, I don't either. It's such a weird. I feel like yeah. this is kind of one of those where it's just like they were told, hey, rules committee guys, we got to come up with 10 things. Give us 10 things. And they're like, wow, we got seven. Let's do this one. The foul thing. Yeah. Come up with that. You know, like they had to hit their rules quota or something. But this is just absurd to me. I don't see yeah. this happening. No. And then the last one. Here I am just hating on change, though. Yeah. This isn't the last rule change. This is the last notable one to me. Okay. They're talking of the whole going to six fouls, which I don't mind. But just go to six fouls. They're trying to get fancy with it. They're trying to do three per half. Essentially. That's stupid to me. So, if, say, for example, you had no fouls in the first half. Right? Now you've got three. If you have fouled three times in the first 15 minutes of the second half or 10 minutes of the second half, you're out. Or by, by vice versa, if you have pick up your third first half foul in the – with five minutes left in the first half, you're out for the rest of the first half, but then you can come back for the second half. It's absurd. Yeah, it's absurd to me. Just do six so fouls. If you have if you have zero fouls going into the going into the second half, you pick up a, a charge in the first, like the Jalen Suggs thing. If you pick up a charge on the first possession, and then you go for a loose ball and don't get it, uh, you pick up your second foul. Uh, in a normal college basketball game, it's you got two fouls now. It's like okay, well, hey. You can leave them in there because a lot of coaches, you know, will either take their player out with two fouls, you know, in the first half, right? It's, they panic and take their player out and you're sitting for the rest of the first half. Now you're sitting there literally the rest of the game, you know, until probably the four-minute mark or something. That's stupid. I, I can't stand yeah. that. I'm actually not. I don't like six fouls. I, I don't like that at all. Um, well, it's funny because – and I'm going to go math on you here, James. Okay, give me math. So people like to be like, oh, NBA has six fouls. Well, I've heard that. So NBA call or NBA game is forty eight minutes long. So if you divvy that up, if you go forty eight minutes divided by six fouls that you're allotted, that's one every eight minutes. Okay. Now yeah, wow. t- take the college game the way it is. Hold now. on, hold on. Let me get a pen and paper out here. Yeah, I gotta start. Get, I gotta start that. doing that math. Yeah. Okay. Um, there's right. actually stuff on calculators. Anyways, now go to college forty minute game five fouls. Now hold on forty divided by five. It's eight. 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 It's the same well, ratio. Yeah, it's the same exact ratio. I don't know if you've heard this too. College isn't the same as the NBA. They're it different. isn't. They're no. different games. Yeah. Why do we have to be like the NBA so much? NBA sucks. Yeah. No, no defense league. No. Yeah. Like the N- NBA more more like NDL. Yeah. They say the NBA. They say no babies allowed. They're like, well, I don't know. Bunch <laughs> of babies in that league. No. Um. I don't. Like you'll always hear the the pushback on this, or the the folks that want six fouls. It's the the one game that Zion picks up two fouls in the first couple minutes. They go, "Gee, should have to give give them six. People don't want to watch the refs. They want to watch Zion. You know what I want to watch? Good basketball. Yeah, I want to watch good basketball. I don't want to watch idiots who charge into people yeah. or commit fouls. Yeah, I hate that. At the end of the game, when when a player will clobber another guy and they'll they'll not call it, and people will be like, that's good ref, you can't decide the game. Oh, that's stupid. No, if players decided the game by committing a foul. If it's a foul in the first five minutes, it's a foul in the last five minutes. Just 100%. like women's college basketball had a bad one. The UConn versus Arizona. Arizona. They had a bad one at the end that didn't get called either. It's, it's ridiculous, and I'll never understand it. I I understand if maybe you call some ticky-tack stuff early in the game to try to set the tone to say, hey, we're calling this, you have to clean up your game. 
so then maybe later in the game, we're, we're allowing maybe some stuff that we wouldn't have allowed early when we're trying to set the tone. Um, I, I guess I get that, but to your point though, I do agree that it, you have to call fouls. Like if guys, guys foul, then they call it, they, they foul, call mm-hmm. it. Yeah. And it was six fouls. Like, no, I don't, college basketball is bigger than any one player. I don't, you don't need to market it to your stars. Stop being obsessed with, with individual players and stars that we have to watch. We don't be better than that people. We don't need a star to watch. Like, let's just enjoy basketball. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't stand it. So like, that's the only time you ever hear people bitching and moaning for six fouls is when, when the bit, when the best player fouls out, it's like, well, you know what? Don't foul. Yeah. Defend without fouling or just don't play deep. You want to not play defense, go to the NBA. Yeah. You can have six fouls. You don't play defense anyway. I, I enjoy the tactical it, – it sucks, right, when your favorite team has a player that gets in foul trouble and your team might have to adapt. Yeah. You know how you adapt? Don't foul. Ha, don't foul. Have a team that doesn't rely on any one guy all the time. Awesome. I get it. Your best player, you have you, – you teams have best players. I understand that. You win because you're best players. Um, you're allowed to win if your best player is in foul trouble. You're allowed to navigate that. Sometimes that creates great the, – the chess match, right, if, you, if your player fouls with two fouls or picks up two fouls early in the game, maybe maybe you don't sit the player for mm-hmm. the next 17 minutes of the first half. Maybe you learn you know, trust that guy to not commit those fouls because yeah. a lot of times they won't. How many times do good players foul out anyway? I, I don't really think – not enough college no. basketball games are dictated by foul trouble anyway. Well, it's just think. like the NBA. Like LeBron for his – never going to foul out. As far as athletic as he is and he can – block anyone's shot. He's not going to take as many risks on a defensive end because he knows how much worth he is on the offensive end. You're right. Like him giving up a layup, he's probably going to have however many assists or baskets that's going to... Yeah. And he impacts the... I mean, he can guard people without fouling because yeah. he's one of the smartest players. For all the for all the things I can't stand about LeBron, yeah. he's an incredibly smart basketball player and he usually, when he wants to lock in and guard someone... He can. He can. And, and, yeah, he can probably get away with a lot of fouls because he's LeBron and they're not going to call ticky-tack stuff on him. But how many times do do college basketball games get dictated? But Like, how many times did Luka Garza foul out this last year? Mm-hmm. How many times did Io DeSumo foul out? Mm-hmm. Okay, Cunningham. Yeah. I think five fouls is plenty. Yeah, I think so, too. You pick up two fouls, you know what good players can do? Good players can adapt. Yeah. They can figure it out. You don't need – this is why I, I can't stand the preferential treatment stuff with the NBA. It's like the good players don't need more benefits. They're mm-hmm. already good players. They don't need more advantages. Yeah. One of the things I just, I don't know. Here I am shouting at nobody. I don't know who I'm yelling at right now. But well, there's no clouds in the sky for your shout out today. So that's, I know. Are you I okay know with that? Really yell at. I just, <laughs> well, there were some kids walking around on your lawn. Oh, you, you haven't, have you noticed? You've got a perfectly nice sidewalk for those kids to, to walk on. Yeah. They have to walk on your lawn. Is there like the lack of respect? The, the bike trail marks, like from the wheels on my lawn? I'm going to have to get yelled at some kids. I want to just sit out there with a shotgun instead. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> That'll get the point across. <laughs> Moving on, Biggs. You, right. you just said the name Luca Garza. And before, you know, we're done with big winners and losers. I think we're going to keep doing that going forward. That's fun. I do enjoy that. Yeah. Um, but So you have the NCAA as a loser. Yes, NCAA okay. Rules Committee as okay. a loser. Love it. So that wraps that up. And Biggs, last week at the start of our show... Or the last one we did, which was last week, technically. Yeah. Um, we talked about we we're going to do some reminiscing about the college basketball season. But mm-hmm. then, in typical bigs and smalls fashion, we sort of went on a tangent or a few of them and never really got to that. So we're going to do that now. And I feel like we have gone on a tangent with the bigs, the winners and losers, because we're at a half hour already almost. 
Um, so we got to whip through these here, Biggs. But the first one, we talked about this before the show, and you just mentioned his name, but Luca Garza. You got some stuff you want to talk about with him. Yeah, I just I think it'd be great to, as you mentioned last week, we want to kind of wrap up the college basketball season. And, and from my perspective, the way I kind of want to look at this is like, if you were in a coma, you went into a coma in early October uh, before the season started, and you just came out of it now, you know, what'd you miss? Yep. You miss college basketball, which yeah. means you might as well just go back into that coma because <laughs> life sucks now. Right. Because there's nothing to look forward to. But what, what'd you miss? And I think the big, the big takeaways from the season, I, you have to, I mean, we can't get through this without talking about Gonzaga. We can't get through this without talking about some of the blue blood sucking ass. Uh, I think Luca Garza is like a weirdly like uncovered player of the year. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't know if you know that. I mean, like, I don't know if you thought about this too, but like, he's just, he's quiet. He is he quiet. It. He's so steady, um, but he was the player of the year across college hoops. And I feel like when they lost in the tournament, they played like the 11 o'clock game or something, which is crazy because generally those TV networks want to put, you know, the big name players, the big name teams on. And, and I understand Iowa is not necessarily – maybe that's why. But my question is, why Why does Luca Garza feel like the most disrespected national player of the year of all time? Well, Biggs, it's simple. He's not athletic. He, the reason he's good is he is a load. He is 6'11", 265. Okay. Big boy. Yeah. I saw him one time at Okaboji, <laughs> Iowa. Yeah. And they they played the team I'm not allowed to mention earlier this year. And I've talked about this. That team that I'm not allowed to mention is not near as good as Iowa was. But they were able to limit him. Limit him because they had four post players they could throw at him. And they basically treated like they had four, 20 fouls against Luca Garza. And he still probably had... 20 points in that game. But he doesn't do anything sexy. He averages 24 points, eight rebounds per game, very similar to last year, but that's why. He doesn't do you anything. say he doesn't do anything sexy. What do you consider sexy? Dunking. That's about it, right? Yeah. Because, <laughs> I mean, here's the thing. Jalen Brunson didn't do anything sexy when he was at Villanova. But he healed. What's he do sexy? His shot was nasty. He shoots a lot of threes. His shot was nasty back in the day. What, what's Jimmer Fredette do that's sexy? He shoots a lot of threes. Yeah. Luka Garza shot 44% from the three-point line. He made 44 threes. How many did he shoot, though? He took 100. He made 44. And so 100 in, what, 35 games or did so? Did they play that many games? I would guess. How many games they got there? They got 30? I look, this is great radio. So it, was a short, it was a shortened season. 31 so. games. 31 so so games. about three per game. So you got about one and a half a game, roughly. Yes. That's not sexy. Okay, it's not high volume, but if you want a, you want a big guy who can, who can, who can shoot... I mean, he's not just like a big oaf who's just collecting offensive rebounds. Like the knock back in the day on on the team that you can't mention, but I can, North Carolina, Tyler Hansbrough. Everyone couldn't stand him, right? Because he's this. Oh, big... I thought we were talking about Duke. Oh yeah, him too. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's just this big. He's this big white oaf who just all he does is work hard. That's the only reason he scores any points. He just he just tries hard. And real talk, that is who I think of. If if I had to come up, come up with a player comparison, I wonder. I wonder why. Yeah, exactly. They play the same style. He doesn't though. That's the thing. It's like. <laughs> And the thing about Hansborough is, like, yeah, the motor, that's a skill, right? Well, it's not its not cool. Yeah. It's not sexy. It's not dunking a lot. He actually might have dunked a lot. Luka Garza probably got his fair share of dunks. Uh, they weren't the high-flying windmill dunks, OB mm-hmm. Toppin types, right? Um, but the kid, you watch him play, and, like, he can he can shoot. He can take it off. He can take you off the dribble. He's got great footwork. He does all these things, and, like, I, I just don't get it. Like... Is it because I, I get such a Dirk Nowitzki running down the floor vibes when I see Luca Garza running on the floor? Like, like, like it looks like he's 
learning how to run as he's playing these games. Kind of a baby deer, but yeah. also massive. Yeah, he's exactly. a massive baby deer. Yeah. I, I, I think you're 100% right in that it's like he's not he's not mainstream and he's not exciting. And it's become very we want to we want to watch, uh, you know, the, the the overtime highlights and like we want to watch a guy cross somebody up and like go, go make a cool floater. Mm-hmm. You know, Luca Garza will just blocks you out with his shoulders, establish low post position, the rim and make a baby hook. Right. Yeah. People, the kids aren't, the kids aren't clamoring to watch that. Right. right. Nobody wants to go to the Mike and Mike and camps and, and learn cool footwork. Mike, the Mike and drill though. Like George, Did you guys do the George Mike and drill? Where you, you just do it reverse layups for like a half hour. One after another. Back in the day, I went to a big man camp where we didn't even touch the ball for seven hours. We're standing in a post position, just chopping our feet going <laughs> ball, ball, ball. Coach is like, guards are deaf. They will not pass you the ball. You have to scream ball at them. <laughs> Next year, I started shouting ball more, got more passes. There's a direct correlation. I don't know. Guards can't hear. Wait, what? <laughs> funny every Wait, time. Yeah, it's funny every time. You're all the way dad. <laughs> but here's the thing. I mean, you. I think all the guards that talk um, – Garza is the best player in college hoops. You'll see that on on Twitter, and that's where I generally get all of the the stuff that I like. You can go to Twitter and find any narrative you want, and I'm going to use the one that people hate Luka Garza. Yeah. the The comments will generally be flooded with, "He's not going to be good in the NBA." Well, he's great in college. That's the thing. Who cares about the NBA? Yeah. Obi Toppin. He was the player of the year last year. How's he doing in the NBA? Guys? I honestly don't know. I haven't heard. He's that. averaging four points and two rebounds. I thought there ain't no stopping Obi Toppin. He was great in college. He was yeah. the eighth pick in the draft. So maybe that's the thing is Luca Garza does not project to be a high draft. Marvin Bagley, he was going to be the next big thing. He reclassed, would have been, he reclassed and was still the number one ranked recruit. He was great. Yeah. Great in college. He was. Not a particularly uh, robust NBA guy so no. far. He's been kind of a bust. No. You know, here, I'm going to go through some of these, these players of the year over the last few years. Obi Toppin, he averaged 20 points, eight rebounds, two assists at date. Mm-hmm. Okay, he's averaging four points and two rebounds in the NBA. Why? Why is everyone obsessed with Obi Toppin versus Luka Garza? A couple of windmill dunks make him that much cooler. He had some great ones. Though. He did. He yeah. has no neck too. Isn't no. that weird? Yeah, yeah. it's or, just like a does head. he have no neck or does does he just have giant shoulders? Is he just at the gym doing shoulders? Just shrugs all day. Yeah, like he can't even wear a tank top because right. he just whip off because of his shrugs. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> What's that like? Uh, I don't know. Burden you have to bear. You know. Yeah. <laughs> All right, then we got Zion. Awesome, right? Awesome in college. Awesome in the NBA. He's a freak. Okay. Jalen Brunson, he was terrific at Duke. He wasn't a high draft pick. He was the 33rd draft pick in the NBA. Nobody seemed to not like Jalen Brunson, though. No, maybe it's because Villanova was, like, far and away the best team in college hoops yeah. that year or something. Maybe that's maybe that's part of it. He's averaging 10 points, 3 assists in the NBA. He's a, he's a nice player. He's a good role player. Right? Solid role player. Yeah. Uh, Frank Mason, Kansas. Maybe you get the blue blood bump. The blue blood bump. Blue blood. Blue is the blood. The blue. That's later. Oh, shit. The blue blood bump. Frank Mason. 20 points, four rebounds, five assists at Kansas. Guess what he's doing in the NBA? Not that much. Six and a half points, two and a half assists, barely plays. Okay. Was he a high pick? No. No. Drafted in the 40s. Why do we hate that? Why doesn't Why doesn't anybody hate that? No. Point guard. People like guards. guards. People hate bigs. It's bigism. It's sizeism. How do you feel about people hating bigs? Not not people named Biggs. Just I won't stand for it. Yeah. I cannot stand it. You hate people hating you. My wife tells me that women think taller men, you get you get a point increase. You know, the, the tall if you're taller, you know, you, you're better looking. Mm-hmm. I think in basketball, it's like you could be a 10 out of 10, and people the public opinion is you, you're a 5. 
Maybe I should have focused more on basketball. You've been you've been a lot more respected. Yeah. You know. That's mean to say. I think you have plenty of respect. I respect you. You own your own house. That was You're dating with Diggs, that was dating with Diggs and Smalls. Yeah, it's the, dating, it's the dating app. <laughs> All right, we've got we've got Buddy Heald. Like you said, sexy, right? His jump shot. Mm. Great shooter. Been a nice, he's been a nice player in the NBA. Mm-hmm. 16 points a game. He was a top pick. Okay, I get it. Frank Kaminsky? Player of the year. There, Luka Garza. There's another comparison. Similar. Big guy who can shoot it. He averaged 19, 8, and 2.5 for a, a Wisconsin team. That was awesome. Yeah. Right? He was a high draft pick. I'm not sure why. Not been a good NBA player. He's no. okay. Right? He comes off the bench. I think everything Frank Kaminsky does in the NBA is probably what you – Hope Luca Garza can do. Mm-hmm. Big white dude, right? Not sexy. We respected Frank Kaminsky though. Yeah. Why can't Why can't Luca Garza get any of that? Do they, is he gonna get drafted? I don't even know. I don't know. Maybe forty five to sixty, probably somewhere in like the second half of the second round. I mean, he's not gonna be a high pick. I'm gonna look up a mock draft while you go to the next one. All right, next one. Doug McDermott. A lot of three pointers, right? He was a he was a high draft pick, so maybe that's again. But I just I don't understand why we associate these high draft picks with. With why they're going to be great, like Doug McDermott's not a great NBA player. Eight point eight points a game out of Doug McDermott for his career. He's having a nice. He's he's like a nice backup kind of rotation shooter off the bench. Why does NBA Draft.net keep giving you so many ads? Big. So yeah, is Luka Garza even in there? I, I I just did a search on NBA Draft their mock draft, which came out April fifteenth. That was two days, three days ago. Yeah, not on here. He might not get drafted. Let's look at some of the other post players who are on here. Um, I'm just looking for power forward. Isaiah Todd, G League guy. Yeah, he would have been at Michigan this year. Yeah. Like kind of, is it weird that, that I kind of enjoy that the kids who opted to not go to their college teams, their college teams didn't suck because of it? Jericho Sims? Do you think? Like, he's more athletic. Is it just, that just an upside thing? I think it's probably like a, he fits in the NBA mold where he's just a big dude that's going to set picks, roll to the rim. He's going to sit on the baseline, collect dunks, plays defense better. Um, you know, I could see him projecting. That's not what this is about, though. It's not about does he project to the NBA well. I don't know if Luka Garza projects to the NBA. I don't think he does. I think I think best case you're probably getting like a a bench mob big guy who can come off come off the bench and play. 12 to 15 minutes and knock down a couple shots for you, score a little bit, and you hope he scores more than he gives up. Because he's not a great defensive big guy, right? A lot of Iowa's problems were their defense. First place you look is um, how's the foundation of that defense, which is a big guy. He's, he's not great. But yeah, Biggs, I'm looking at this, and I see between the power forward and center, like I see some small, power, small forward, power forward, sort of those tweeners listed on here. Yeah. But just strictly centers or power forward, I see maybe eight out, of, handful. out of 60 picks. Yeah. Between those two positions. That's forty percent of the positions in the NBA. It's bigism. Yeah. People hate people hate yeah. big guys. But uh, but I just don't understand. He was unequivocally amazing in college. Twenty four points, ten boards, knocked down a bunch of threes. He did that two straight years. Okay, big white dude who's not that sexy. He plays for Iowa, which is not like uh, you know. It's people think about Iowa and they think cornfields. Yeah, he's almost got a unibrow yeah. thing going on. Maybe that fox. factors in. Maybe. Yeah, I don't understand why we didn't hurt Anthony Davis though, just because he can jump. And he had a unibrow. Yeah, that, oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah maybe, I mean, he kind of he was the first one, so maybe you take away the shock factor. Yeah, maybe. You know, kind of like Dexter. The first couple of seasons of that were awesome, right? Because we've never, never seen. We, really? Yeah. He kills. He kills. He's like a serial killer. Speaking of which, have you watched guys? You? No. Oh, you gotta watch you. It's good. Been watching all weekend. Are you telling me like? like have you it, watched it, you? It's on Netflix. It's a, it's a TV show called You. 
You. That's like the a, title. Like Y-O-U? Yes. Like you. Yeah, not the shorthand texting that like these millennials do, but the actual word you. You. Yeah, it's on Netflix. It's great. Anyways, okay. anything else on Luca Garza? No, I just wish he'd get more respect. I wish he would just be appreciated more. I don't understand. Is it just because maybe there wasn't a worthy challenger and like he just locked up the award? It feels like. Yeah, who is the next one? Io? Probably. Remember Cunningham, maybe? Yeah. I guess I don't know. But like everybody in the preseason basically said, like, it's got to be Luca Garza. He's the best. Re- the do, team, do you think. Best player from last year. Do you think year? people tried to vote for Io, but people thought like they were mispronouncing Iowa, like the Iowa guy, and then it ended up being Luca Garza? Is it actually Io DeSumo's award? Maybe, or maybe they're like Ayo DeSumo. <laughs> you know, the way his name is, the way his name is spelled, it kind of looks like he's saying Ayo, like Hey Yo, Ayo girl, Ayo <laughs> girl. What's your name gonna be? Is yeah, and that's pickup lines with bigs and smalls. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. I don't know. I'm just. I wish Luca Garza, and you know, maybe it would have been nice. Maybe he could have gotten a little more pub if Iowa could have gone on a lengthy run in the tournament. You know, I don't know. I just, I feel like he didn't get, I feel like they didn't, people didn't celebrate him enough. Yeah. That's all. I agree. All right. We're going to become the preeminent, I'm not sure if that's the right word, Luca Garza podcast. Well, we should do like, Luca Garza, kind of like Batman is a symbol. Yeah. Luca Garza should be a symbol. We we appreciate big guys. Because we're both beautiful. How about, we're both, when, we're how both, about whenever we release people. a pod, we post it on Twitter with a Luca Garza picture. Whoa. Yes. If we have a if we have a midcourt madness Facebook, Luca Garza is our profile pic. Exactly. Maybe we can get him on sometime. Hey, we we like you and stuff, so come on. I mean, if I see him at Okaboji, you know, like my wife goes down to Okaboji. I don't know if you've been there. It's, That's it's, in Wisconsin. Uh, Iowa. It's basically in Minnesota, though. It's True. this it's this huge lake that's you know people go and boat and do like boating stuff. Like. Like going out, on, going out on the boat. Oh, yeah. Like, like drink. Like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> basically, uh, tubing, you know, and boating stuff. Mm-hmm. But there's also like a bunch of like bars there. It's like, a, it's just like a little city, you know, and like there's a ton of stuff going on. One time we went out on the town in Okaboji. He was standing in a crowd. And I said, that's Luca Garza. We weren't podcasting yet, though. We, we should have started out. sooner. But Darn it. here's the thing if he was there once, he might be there again. That's true. We need like a Luca Garza bat signal. That'd be cool. <laughs> He's a symbol. We like bigs because we're both large people. Right. No. All right. Yeah, sure. So Luca Garza was the player of the year. Nobody cared. And that's one of the takeaways from the 2020-2021 season. Yeah. Which one should we go on to next? We've got a list give, here. Give we, might, we might not be able to get to all of them here. We've got probably like 20 minutes left. Um, You, would, you pick one. Rise of the SEC or the underwhelmingness of the Big Ten and Big 12 in the tournament? The media machine was obsessed with the Big Ten all season. So let's not do that one? I want to do that one. Okay. Let's figure that. out why, like, the Big Ten and the Big 12, it was kind of a race. Which which conference is the best? That's kind of the raging debate all season. Big Ten, Big 12, which one's better? They both had terrific teams, high-end, high seeds. Um, and as you said, the tournament success was not really there. No. What do you make of it? So at the start of the year... Big Ten was getting all the pub. You look at their sort of list of teams, and you know you obviously have your Michigan, you got your Illinois, Iowa, all high seeds. Toss in Purdue, Ohio State, also high seeds. The media circle jerk was in full effect yeah. for the Big Ten. 
Wisconsin ended up being what a nine seed, but they were up there probably in the four to five discussion earlier in the year if they were doing bracketologies at that time. I mean, in the preseason, Wisconsin was a top ten team. Yeah. So was Illinois. So was Iowa. Michigan was not. Michigan kind of came out of nowhere a little bit. So did Ohio State. Both those teams emerged later on in the season to really kind of ascend into that position. But it was it was Illinois, Iowa, and Wisconsin at the beginning saying these three teams are going to be amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, and they were okay. Yeah. And then, so, like, they ended up with nine teams, I believe, out of the 68 teams. And I basically just went through most of them. But they also had Minnesota, who at one point, were they as high as a top 10 team? That one? They were very, like, 13 sounds familiar to me. Somewhere in, like, the 15 range. Yeah. yeah. And so they just fell off the face. You ended up being 6 and 14. That's crazy having a team that's in those teens ranked, and then they end up being 6 and 14. Yeah, they, they really flamed out bad. Yeah. They flamed out really bad. Yeah. And they fired their coach. And so for them, it's like end up with nine teams and then one team in the Sweet Second weekend. Yes. And that's it. And like it's not like they're like, like – I look at you know going according to chalk. That's like when I determine whether a team performed better or worse than expectations, I just go, okay, if they're a four seed, you expect them to make the round of Sweet 16 and then lose to a one seed, right? Yeah. So Michigan, they went to the Elite Eight. So, yeah, they're fine. Um, Illinois, a one seed, lose to an eight seed. They performed well below chalk. 100%. Iowa, same thing, two seed, lose to a seven seed. Purdue, I believe they were four or five, I can't remember for sure, lose in the first round to either a 12 or 13. Ohio State, a two seed, losing to a 15 seed. That's almost as bad as a 16 beating a one. That is very close, Oof. actually. Yeah. Um, Wisconsin, they beat um, some team, I can't remember who. But then they lost, won their first round game in yes, fashion. Lot, yes, lost to Baylor. <laughs> lost to eventual national championship Baylor. So they actually performed according to Chalk. Actually, slightly above, but those eight nine games are tough there. Yep. Uh, Maryland, Michigan State. Michigan State was a playing game. They lost Maryland. Um, Tennessee. Did they win that first round? Game? They did. They did over win. UConn. That's what it was. And then lost. I can't remember who's. It was two. It's been two weeks since the season. It's so sad. Yeah. It's so frustrating. But, it's actually been like a month since that first weekend. Yeah, which is wild. But my point is here, Biggs, there was, I think I wrote about this, but there was, I want to say three teams that were 13, or four teams that were 13 or below that won their first game, which is crazy on the face of it. I want to say three of those teams beat a Big Ten team in the first round. North Texas beats Purdue, correct? Oral Roberts. Oral Roberts over Oklahoma State. Who was the third one? Or was it just two? Must have just been two. Might have been just two. So, yeah. Two instances where a seed below 13 beat a Big Ten team. And so, at that point, like I wanted to give the benefit of the doubt. I wanted to be like, yeah, this is just some crazy phenomenon. I don't think it was. Yeah, I don't... It's hard to, it's hard to make of... You know, in a, in a single-elimination elimination tournament, part of what makes the tournament so awesome is all these massive upsets. Those upsets are going to happen. Yes, and boy, it felt like they all happened in the Big Ten. Yeah, you know, because you're right. The the thirteen, the the mean green, our mean green took out Purdue. Yeah, that one I actually saw coming because I am smart. Anyway, um, yeah, Ohio State getting knocked off by Oral Roberts is, I mean, it's shocking anytime a fifteen beats a two. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Oral Roberts though went to the Sweet Sixteen and almost beat Arkansas. So who knows? Do they get two seeds ever last with fifteen seed and then? Followed that up and won a national, national championship. Title. Look out for Ohio State next year. Yeah. 
Well, I'm trying to think. Michigan State uh, lost as a two seed to a 15 a couple of years ago, and then they lost in the second round the next year. <laughs> no, no, that, that didn't not, work out. No, not it. <laughs> trying to think. Georgetown lost to the Dunk City squad, and no, I think then they went to shit the next handful. They've yeah. been sucky ever since. So, yeah. boy, you hope you better hope you're. Doesn't look great. It doesn't look great for Ohio Duke State. Duke lost to one. Was it Mercer? Was Mercer a fifteen seed? Was yeah, that? Was that the? Either there was a three fourteen or a two fifteen. Or was that? Well, the, they lost to they lost to Seth Curry. No, CJ McCollum. He was Lehigh, but that was Lehigh. that a fourteen? That was a fifteen two. They have a fourteen three upset recently and a that 15 was the, two. Fourteen three was Mercer. Okay. Why do we know so much about Duke? We we we, we just know the bad stuff. Yeah, that's yeah, great. We, we like that. There's stuff. plenty on it. <laughs> um. Why does the Big Ten suck in the tournament, though? It's the question. And, and is this a, a one-off? I know everybody obsesses over the fact that the Big Ten has not won the title since 2000 with Tom Izzo, Mateen Cleaves, and that, and that Michigan State squad. Jason Richardson. Dunk, dunk contest Jason Richardson from back in the day? Yeah. Was a reserve on that team. Yes, he was. Yes. The next year, he was a sophomore, and they were in Minneapolis, and I got to see them practice, and he had some sick-ass dunks in their, in their practice because that's yeah. basically all they did. So yeah. it was a shoot-around and then just dunked a lot, which yeah. was sweet. Um. Why does the Big Ten suck in the tournament, though? I mean, you get nine teams in and only one advances past the first weekend. Is that is, is that it just, Is it is it the tournament magic? Just weird. I was gonna say, is it, is it fool's gold during the season where we just think that since they're sort of beating up on each other, they get a couple non-conference wins to make you to lull you into that sense that they're actually good. They get some high seeds and, and then, like they're all just maybe they're just all like middle of the pack teams. They're just they're just okay teams. Yeah. I tend to think that's kind of – I mean, in the preseason, that was kind of the thing that I, I thought about some of these Big Ten teams was, like, they they have they have 10 teams that are probably in that, like, 15 to, like, 40 range. Mm-hmm. It's all just – they're all so clustered. I don't see a national title team. Mm-hmm. And that was the preseason. That was before the year started. I thought Illinois might, might be that team. I didn't think Iowa was a title team. No. You know, I don't think Wisconsin was a title oh, team. Oh, definitely not. You know, a, a really steady team with a bunch of old guys, but, like, not a championship team. But then, you're right. They get into this season where they're playing all these teams that, you know, we've we've been we've been tricked by the media machine thinking, wow, you know, Michigan's the fourth seed and, or fourth in the country and Iowa's fifth and Michigan beats them. So they're amazing. You know, or, or Ohio State beats a couple of teams that are ranked in the top 12. Well, the team lost to the number four team. We can't move them down because they just lost to one of the other best teams, so they stay there. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like I, I don't think there's. I, I don't think there was a championship quality team in the in the in the conference. Michigan maybe with Isaiah Livers. Mm-hmm. I do think Illinois probably had the goods to, to give it a chance or give it a shot. They're also the team that we upset. said you know could just have that one game, which they did. Yeah, where they, they suck. Yeah, and, and, you, and they did that. You can only lose once. No, wait, no, that's not. You only get to. You only – no, yeah, in the tournament you do, you're only allowed to lose one time. That's true. And then you get to go on. No. Yeah. No. How does that work? Yeah. Shit. Moving on. Anyway. Um, I don't know. What do you think it is about the Big Ten, though? Do you think it is something – do you think it's a – do you think this is a symptom of a larger issue than losing in the tournament all the time and never winning? Or is it just there only can be one winner every year and it just happens to not have come out of one conference for well, – I'm not even focusing years. on the fact that it's not them. It's the fact that one team beats you 15. Yeah, after nine, and not like if somehow those nine teams, there's only one that's above like a three or four seed, you can maybe see it, right? But they're all high, and they all were upset outside of Wisconsin, and there's probably a couple other. I'm not gonna go dig too 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, like, Rutgers got knocked out by Houston. Yeah. They had that game in the bag, and then they just kind of peed True. down their leg. Yeah. You know, Maryland uh, lost in their second game, I think, to... Uh, they were like a, they lost in that seven ten games maybe Alabama yeah well, that's not like a surprise be right you got to focus on those top end teams Illinois Iowa Purdue Ohio State all losing to way seeds way lower than them and then Michigan in the Sweet Sixteen lost to an eleven seed UCLA no it was Elite Eight was it the Elite Eight yeah it was to? the Elite Eight um so yeah technically they performed well below chalk sort of yeah yeah. So, so I, I don't know. I don't know what to make of that. Like, I, I tend to think what, what hurts the Big Ten is the the style of play in the conference, in the Big Ten, when you're in Big Ten play for that from mid-December until early March. It's so well scouted. Everything is to the end of the shot clock. It's slow. Teams just don't – you don't see teams that come in and play fast and up the tempo very often. The only teams that generally do it on a year-to-year basis, Michigan State mm-hmm. – Michigan, the only teams that generally have the athletes that can that can up the tempo and play a little quicker. And while I think I, I praise teams like like Virginia, um, like these te- like Wisconsin, like teams that play really slow, the mid major teams that play slow, I think that lends you to you can you can knock off somebody higher rated higher in, in the bracket. I think that's the the formula for an upset in the tournament. I mean, Loyola kind of showed us that you, you play slow and you play good defense. It's easier to win a game in fifty possessions than it is seventy when you're when you're at a talent deficit. That can also leave you to susceptible to upsets, as we've seen with Virginia. Mm-hmm. If you're only playing fifty possessions and the other team happens to shoot really well, you're shit out of luck, right? That happened to them against what was that sixteen seed that beat them? UMBC. That's right. And then what, what happened after that? I'm trying to remember. Uh, UMBC would have lost the next round. Yeah. Um. But. That's right. Are you talking about the next season? Do you want to go that far? Did Virginia, do they even have a basketball program anymore? Well, it's funny you should ask. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) The very following season, they won it all. Virginia did? Yes. (laughs) No way. (laughs) That's crazy. (laughs) The teams that play at the really slow tempo, that, that limits your ceiling, I think. It it allows you to get an upset in the first round, yeah. but I think it hurts you. It's hard to just if you fall behind, it's tough to come back. It's like it the op, it's like the teams that run the, only the option offense in college basketball. Right, you might be able to win one game, but can you win multiple games? And if if it ever if the game is never on your if it's not if you can't dictate the terms, you're screwed. And I think a lot of Big Ten teams are like that, and that's why we see Michigan State goes to the Final Four every couple of years. Right, they're always kind of a factor in March. It's that, that, that is all magic. Right, he's got that. Mr. March. Mm-hmm. No, he's got good athletes, and they play fast. Uh, Michigan is kind of in that same boat. They've had guys who are, are good athletes, and they play fast. They can, right? They can play slow, but they can also play fast. Um, you can't just win one way, and I think a lot of these Big Ten teams, because of league play forcing them to win that way, that grind out slow style, mm-hmm. that becomes part of what their identity is, and that's the only way they can win. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. That's that's my take. Yeah. So do you want to say the same stuff about the Big 12 then, or should we just move on? I, I don't want to say the same thing about, hey, the Big 12 won the title. I mean, they, they, they get the to title. claim that. All of those teams, not only Baylor, but also Kansas, Kansas State, Iowa State, Oklahoma State, all the state schools in the Big 12, they also won the championship. So it's not yeah. just Baylor. Everybody gets to claim a championship there. I'm going to have a differing opinion on that. Okay. I'd say Kansas got the blows. The, blow, the blows. 
That door is blown off him. They sure did. In the second round against USC. Could have, could have just been a bad matchup with all that size. Um, Kansas also was just not hit. They didn't have like Jalen Wilson either. Or they had him for limited minutes. They didn't have him. Yeah. He yeah, was coming out of COVID. Yep. Kansas was just like an old kid. Kansas team. Yep. By the standard. But anyway. Yep. West Virginia lost in the, uh, the second round. Yeah, that's right. Syracuse. Huggy Bear going down to Syracuse. Yeah. Yeah. And like that, we talked about, you know, Beheim and Beheim Magic. Not having enough time to prepare for that zone. Indeed. Um, Oklahoma State lost to the lost to second round four four versus thirteen. Okay. Oregon State. Oregon State. That one was a that one was kind of a that was probably the most surprising of them, wasn't yeah. it? Oregon State was hot coming into the game. Um but I wanted to see Kate Cunningham out of the sumo. Hey, but then we ended up having um Cam Crutwig versus Insert Stephen Thompson. Sure. <laughs> that could Ethan Thompson. Oh yeah, yeah. Ethan that could have been a made up name. <laughs> so not, got, got great. Not, not very good consolation prize for us there. Um so that's where I hate upsets. Agreed. Yeah. Um Texas Tech, they lost they went according. They lost to a three they lost I can't think they of lost, they lost to Arkansas. Arkansas, Arkansas yeah. yeah. They, one of the actually, best games of the tournament. They actually gave them a great run for their money in that game. Yeah. And so you know, obviously not as bad of a situation as the Big Ten, but they did get the they did get the national championship, um, but still had some, an underwhelming performance because Baylor was the only team that made it to that second weekend from the Big Twelve. Right, and when you and when you say things maybe went according to chalk, um, minus the Kansas one, well, and West Virginia, so there were there were some upsets in there. Yeah, there were also teams that you know maybe could have gone that just didn't and in the tournament you Texas Tech had their chances right and you forget you left out Texas which got upset by a 14th seed as well yeah. so they certainly took some lumps in the tournament like the Big Ten did yeah. Baylor winning the title I guess is if you're if you're living in this world like the the Ricky Bobby world where you're either first or your last kind of thing then I guess all that matters is that the Big 12 is awesome mm-hmm. um, what I like about college basketball is there are more things than just the national title Getting to the Final Four is the pinnacle for like 97% of programming. That's awesome, right? Winning your conference, huge deal. Winning your conference tournament, huge deal. These small schools, even just getting to the tournament is like us when we were in high school. That's that's getting to state. You know, it's a huge deal. Um, so a lot of teams got to the tournament from the Big 12, but you're right. A lot of them took lumps and you know, were, were upset pretty good. But I, I still think if you were to do it over again, again, that's the the – the great thing about the tournament is that you don't get to do it over again. It's just a one a one time thing. It would be interesting to see reliving that how many of these teams things would have played out differently because I don't know if we if we if we can't say the Big Ten is the best conference because they suck balls in the tournament. Can we say that if we can't say the Big Twelve is the best conference because they suck balls in the tournament? Who is the best conference then? West Coast Conference, Gonzaga. Yeah, no. they suck balls in the tournament too. <laughs> well, not really, but. No, and, and it's almost just a pointless discussion anyway. Who cares? 100%, but it's great fire for us. Yeah, exactly. So great topic. Here we are just walking in circles. Yeah. You know who the best conference might have been? Conference that apparently doesn't even care about football anymore. Yeah, they're not a football conference. The SEC. Yeah, they had you know, Alabama, who's a basketball school. Yeah. Arkansas, who's a basketball school. Correct. Kentucky, I think, is actually almost turning into a football school. It's weird. Yeah, they've got a they've got a nice thing going. Mark there. Stoops is a good recruiter, from what I've heard. They play tough, yeah. you know. Yeah. Wildcats, yeah, in the air. <laughs> I don't know what that is. <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> um, Alabama getting to the Sweet Sixteen. That's the team that lost to UCLA in the Sweet Sixteen. That's right. 
Yeah. Nate Oates has a great thing going there. He does. Arkansas with Eric Musselman. Yeah. Great thing going there. Another great. Both those know. guys are only in year two. Yeah, great up and coming coaches. Mm-hmm. And when and when if I were to ask you, you know, last week I asked you to rank your five favorite coaches. You rank both those guys in there. Yep. If I were to frame that question in a different way and say, if you got to name five coaches that are best equipped to navigate this new world of college rules that we're living in, which is all these transfers and, and seemingly, you know, just the the constant movement of players, those two guys might be on that list still. And they're getting great transfers too. That's what I'm saying. Is they're they're great at that side of it. You know, there are coaches right now who are who are you know not good at that kind of stuff. They they don't want to embrace that kind of thing. And those coaches are going to probably get pushed out over the next couple of years because of all of this. Those guys seem to love it and live it and want transfers and make the transfer portal your friend. Yeah. Well, if you're looking at people who like programs who are great college basketball programs, you know, obviously you have to have a place. You have to have talent on your team, guys who can take criticism from coach. But I think one of the most important things that people don't factor in is having a coach that relates well to the players. That's a great point. Yeah. Because, like, it's at a point now where if you go to a basketball practice, you know, obviously the coach has to have a – has to be able to discipline the players when it's deemed necessary. But if you go to a basketball practice, they're almost like, you know, joking around with the guys, you know? Yeah, you got to be kind of one of the guys. Yeah. You have to you have like to toe that sits. thin line of authority and also yeah. players coach them. Like have fun with them, you know, take them out for, I don't know, bowling, game night, whatever, whatever you need to. Not but a bad also, date idea either. A what? If you want to go on like a date, yeah, like a, is that a good first date, second date? Where do you where do you For go which bowling? One? bowling? Yeah, bowling. That's like after you've gotten to know them a little bit. So maybe coffee is your first date. Maybe drinks is yeah. your first date. Yeah, solid sure. first date. Yeah. Then maybe if the date's going well, you go bowling. I'd say that's like a fifth date. Fifth date? Yeah. You slow play things. <laughs> All right. That was dating with big and small. Wait, yeah. did we do that already? We. We're just throwing out dating advice all yeah. day. We've got it figured out. We're should, in a relationship. Should we have a second podcast? Yeah. What, what do we call it? Dating with Bigs and Smalls. Okay. That works. All right. <laughs> We're in a relationship, so we know everything about women. That's right. You know? No one knows everything about women. No. 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 <laughs> what a mystery that is. Uh, it's kind of like the transfer portal. Yeah, exactly. It's great great segue. Indeed. Um, I'm intrigued, though. The, the SEC, they finished the year well with a couple of teams advancing to the tournament with coaches who are only in their second years of these programs. Uh, conventional wisdom tells you Alabama and Arkansas, you wrote Arkansas twice. Yeah, I see that. that the, fir- the first paragraph's uh, Alabama. When I edited it, I changed it to Alabama. Oh, you did it? Thank you. You're welcome. Wait, where did you edit it at? Uh, midcourtmadness.wordpress.com. Oh, sounds like a great site. That's the, that's the website where you can find all of our content. Yes. So check okay. it out. Yeah, okay. Uh, we have stuff coming up kind of on a weekly basis. Like, relic, relic, you know, check it out on the, on the weekly. Yeah, because we'll have good stuff. Also, just follow our Twitter, and then because what's our Twitter handle? Uh, Midcourt Madness at Midcourt Madness. Yes, yeah, check yeah. that out too. Yeah, great stuff. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so these coaches are both you know in the impetus of kind of their program building stage. It's a big word. I know. I like it. I heard <laughs> it on TV today. I was watching Justified. Are you using it correctly? I hope so. Can Don't you... look that up. I, I, let's just assume I am. Impetus. I have no idea how to spell it. Impetus. Impetus. The force or energy with which a body moves. It's not, yeah, not really the right word. Aren't you an English major? Yeah, barely. No. <laughs> I was in college for a long time. I thought it was kind of the 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 origin the origin point mm-hmm. or kind of the beginning stages. There's another. There's got to be too, isn't there? Another another 
It's all just force that makes something happen or happen more quickly. I still, I don't remember the original context he used it in, to be honest. I don't either. I mean, maybe the nebulous phase of program building. Okay. Let's go with that one. That I'm not, not going to look it up. Okay. Yeah. They're at the beginning. Yes. They're in year, year two, and they already had their teams deep into the tournament. Um, these programs are, are set, I think, to advance and continue getting better. Do you think those two coaches stay? Like if, say, if a Kentucky was like, hey, Nate Oates, we got rid of Calipari because he is only an NBA factory. I think those programs are good enough where there aren't probably a lot of jobs better. I mean, yeah, Kentucky comes calling. There's only probably two or three programs that you're at that you don't go to Kentucky, mm-hmm. right? Kansas, Carolina. They have got the conference familiarity already. Yeah, I mean, Alabama, I mean, how many jobs are better than Alabama? I don't know. As long as these guys are getting paid a ton of money. Muscleman yeah. just signed a massive extension. and mm-hmm. He's always kind of been a nomadic kind of coach, so it's hard to see him really ever staying in one spot. But why, why wouldn't you? Mm-hmm. Keep winning. You're getting you're getting a ton of money. I don't think either of them are. They're both younger fellas, you know, from a coaching perspective. Alabama's going to be really good next year. They they return. They return all, but I think John Petty and Herb Jones, who are two really good starters for yeah. them, and maybe uh, who's the the kid who knocked down the three to send them over there? Ellis. Keon Ellis. Keon Ellis. That's what I'm thinking. Was it him? I don't know. I don't know. So I, I know he's returning. Is he? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, then they, they only lose really two players of importance. Let's put it that way. They're bringing in J.D. Davidson, who is a top uh, top 10 nationally rated recruit. Okay. And then uh, a big man, Alex Reese. That's his name. Yes, Alex Reese. Yeah, that's right. See, Alabama is set up. They're going to be really good. They bring back basically everybody else of note. Mm-hmm. Okay. They're bringing back uh, Javon Quinterly, who's one of their top guards. Jaden Shackelford, who's, yeah. who's a really solid guard. Is uh, He put his name in the kind of the. Primo, like Joshua Primo. Joshua Primo was a freshman. I think yeah. he he's a guy who will probably be like that sophomore, to, uh, freshman to sophomore kind of jump. You know the best thing about freshmen, they become sophomores. That's groundbreaking. Yeah, that's groundbreaking stuff. Yeah, that's if they pass this. if they pass, you know, a ton one one. Indeed, it's tough. And basket weaving. Yeah, that's tough stuff. Actually, I'll it be honest with you. Under- I, subbed, I subbed in a facts class last week. Yeah, and tried basket weaving for myself. Not easy. Not easy. Not easy. Seems very easy. Was it like uh, you don't want to know how the sausage is? Was it like at your wedding when you you and uh, your lovely wife were doing the braiding thing, and she just basically kicked you off to the side because you were doing it wrong? Could everyone see that? Yes. Uh, <laughs> see, I was hoping my large shoulders would block that out, and I was just kind of like, ah, I don't know what I'm doing, and she's like, let me do it, and life it's really has actually sim- been the exact same sense. It's really symbolic of the rest of your life. 100. percent She yeah. does everything. Exactly. <laughs> Oddly enough, I actually did laundry today, so I don't even know. What I need a wife for. <laughs> we're, we're getting canceled. Yeah, this is bad. Anyway, Alabama's going to be solid. They bring J.D. Davis in. He was a five-star point guard, top like 10 rated recruit. And then Charles Bidiaco, who's a top 30 kind of big man. Um, so I think Bama's poised to have a really, really good season next year, or high expectations at least. They should be very good. Um, Arkansas, we've already talked about last week. We talked about how they, they're a transfer factory right mm-hmm. now. They're bringing in Chris Likes, Stan, Stanley Amood from South Dakota, Shaka, or not Shaka Tony, Adish Tony yeah. from Pitt. Pitt. That's right. And Chris Likes from Miami. Which Chris Likes, you know, Arkansas you loves to play fast. They do. Not so sure if you're aware of this. Fit. Chris Likes is fast. He's quick. Yeah. He's like five. Quick and fast. Those he's are like, two different things. He's like five, six, five, seven. Can Great handle the rock. Can score too. Yeah. Shoot it. Yeah. Good player. So Arkansas is going to be good. Yeah. Preseason ranking, they're probably going to be in like that top 10, top 15 range. Yeah. Kentucky. 
Okay, they're bringing in, we talked about it, Kellen Grady and Oscar Sheboy. Devin Askew. Devin Askew's out, but they're bringing in Kellen oh, Grady. Oh, shit, I'm way out. I'm thinking backwards here. Yeah. Anyways. They're bringing in Grady and Sheboy. Would you rather have Grady or Askew? Grady. Okay. For one year, at least. Even yeah. if Askew makes that jump next year? I still think Grady's better. Okay. Yeah. But they're also bringing in Damian Collins, who's a top, like, 15 recruit. Big man. Okay. And they, they're probably still hunting transfers. I know they, they have an offer out to Davion Harmon, the Oklahoma guard who entered the portal. So uh, Marcus Carr, I think a lot of people think he'll leave. But if he does come back, leader in the clubhouse, apparently if he does come back, it's Kentucky. I don't think he'll play. But you think, Wait, when you say Marcus Carr, a lot of people think he's coming back. Or Wait, you said a lot of people think he's leaving. Is there a chance he comes back to Minnesota? No, he's not coming back to Minnesota. Oh, okay. I think a lot of people think he's leaving to go to the NBA or at least oh, put okay. his name in the draft, stay, pr- pursue professional opportunities. Okay. If he comes back to college, a lot of people believe it will be to Kentucky. play at Kentucky. Okay. Uh, but if they don't get him, let's just assume they're going to get some, right? Mm-hmm. They're also, I believe, the leaders in the clubhouse for Ty Ty Washington, the Creighton decommit. Mm-hmm. He's like one of the best remaining unsigned high school seniors. Um Kentucky's going to have a good team. Again, you, you like, know that they're always going to have a not, good team. Them, both them and Duke are not going to be out of the limelight for... Not long. Yeah, exactly. So they'll both be back next year. Yep. Um, any other teams from the SEC you yeah. think of? I named Florida. Yep. Naming some tra- getting some transfers. Uh, a team that you and I both hated this year, the Frolanteers. Yep. They are going to have, I think, chances to have a good team again next year. Good enough to be considered frauds. I think so, yeah. Okay. And, and that's the thing is you can't be a fraud unless you have high expectations right. and fail to come through on those right. expectations. I do think they'll go into the year with high expectations again. Do you think they, they fail again? Oh, boy. We're going to find out. <laughs> they signed Justin. They picked up Justin Powell, the Auburn transfer, yeah. who is a decent player, right? They bring back a couple of guys from their team from last year who are, who are solid. And they bring in a five-star point guard in Kennedy Chandler, who's one of the top-rated point guards, and a five-star big man in, in I think, Braden Huntley Hatfield. So they're, they're recruiting at a high level. And, you know, sometimes these freshmen, like their freshmen this year, were not great. Mm-hmm. But but they're going to be good. Yeah. Auburn picked up a couple of transfers. I think they're set up to be very good. And as long as they're not under the FBI kind up? of thumb. Oh, yeah, they might have a, ban, like a postseason ban. Yeah, but if they don't, I think Bruce Pearl's as good of an X's and O's coach as anybody in that league. And he's all class. He's all about character. I love Bruce Pearl. I don't know why. He's one of those guys that I hate and love. I can't I, I can't quit him. I well, love it Bruce is Pearl. A, it's a great name, Bruce Pearl. It rolls off the tongue. It does. Yeah. It's terrific. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. And then you've got, like, you know, high-quality coaches, though, all throughout the league, like Ben Howland at Mississippi State. Good coach. I mean, you can't – they were in the tournament here a couple of years ago and were a good team last year. So, again, it's, it's kind of one of those Kentucky things where I don't think they're going to be great. I do think Kentucky will. But, like, I don't think they're going to be bad for very long. Buzz Williams at Texas A&M. Mm-hmm. I just I have a hard time closing my eyes and seeing them being really bad for a long time. Georgia with Tom Crean. He's kind of a goofy-looking dude with weird hair, and he wears his glasses. It's kind of funny, and he like runs people out of his program and stuff. But like, he wins a lot. He's a good yeah. coach. I think the SEC's got a lot of they've, – they've invested over the last kind of decade. They've really upped the notch and leveled up with their coaching. They're putting money into some of these high-end coaches, and I think the SEC is – uh, it's only going to get better. I think it's kind of an emerging power here with all of these teams. And I think it's going to be interesting. And I think that means our Tuesday nights next year might not suck. And we could be looking a year from now to talk about, like, wow, the SEC was, by and large, the best conference college basketball this season. Yeah. Or really, really disappointing because all these teams are supposed to be good. Because we're, we're hyping them up and so many people listen to us. Exactly. So exactly. Yeah. 
Nothing I like more than being able to call people frauds. So yes. let's go. <laughs> Anything else you got, Biggs? That's about it. That's my that's my takeaways. We have probably more takeaways that we can get into next time. Mm-hmm. Um, because let's be honest, if you were in a coma, you probably have um, no you, clue what happened. Exactly. You missed out on a lot and we'll walk you through it all. We'll, we'll get to maybe the second half of this next week. Yeah. I think this is a, this is a great spot to, to end. To maybe, to maybe, well, I'm hungry. So hit a, hit the get, go off on like kind of where like trucks are always parked at like in the middle of the night. You know they do like that the ramp, exit ramp, the exit ramp kind yeah. of deal, or the. Um, but then we'll enter. We're exiting to go to like the rest stop. That's then, yes. Yeah. We're gonna do the rest. We're stopping yes. off at the rest stop. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's get out of here. Um. We'll be back. I don't know in a week. Sure. All right. Later's. Bye.